Welcome to Organize Anything with Colette Robichaud on 105.9 Seaside FM. Good morning and welcome to the Organize Anything show. My name is Laura and I'm chatting with Colette Robichaud, professional organizer and coach. Hi, Colette. Hey, Laura. Good to be back chatting with you again. <laughs> Lovely to be talking to you again, too. I've been hearing a lot about home offices lately and about why I should have one. What can you tell me about them? Well, home offices aren't just for people that work from home anymore. We often, many of us need that command central, if you will, to sort of uh, collaborate to bring our stuff together and it's just important for us to to think about that a lot of kitchens come with a little nook built in or people are thinking about you know uh, do I need one should I have one and often I'm going to work with clients and we're kind of creating one but it may be outside of that typical way we think of an office Outside of the typical what what do you mean by outside of the typical well it could be home office slash craft room it could be home office slash sewing room it could be home office and guest room or you know it could be part of our bedroom so it could look a little differently it might not be the designated spot or a lot of times what I'm finding is it's right in that kitchen so if you have a home office in your kitchen does that that does that get in the way how do you kind of find the space for that well a lot of times it doesn't have to be again that home office if we said command central or sort of that place to do sort of the day-to-day stuff that's the way to think about it and what what I like to say is we we want everything we need for certain tasks on hand so first we want to see what are those things that we go to often that are really important for us to run the household and run our life management our volunteer activities so even Even if we're not working outside of the home, very few people I work with aren't in the middle of a project, whether it's renovation, they volunteer with one or five organizations. And there's still, we, you know, as much as we're supposed to go paperless, there's still a lot of paper around too with some of this. I hear the paper word and I get a little nervous about where to keep it because I know I'm really bad at filing storage at home. What what do you have tips for keeping things paper-wise? That- yeah, that F word filing, <laughs> we can say that one on the air. That's one that a lot of people find cringeworthy. And I don't want to scare anyone away with that filing, filing word, but sometimes if you just think of collecting things like things together. So filing can look different for, for different people. It could be uh, just getting things in one little box. I mean, we all know the shoebox idea for our taxes, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's different different levels of gathering stuff together but don't be afraid by that filing idea because it could be just dropping something in but often maybe it doesn't have to be alphabetized and one thing to know is we kind of read color before we read words so often I'll just pick a few different colors of files for my clients for them to throw some things in whether it's bills to pay might be red because that's going to be, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, people are going to see red if you don't pay them. And we <laughs> make a little joke about associating with that. Maybe the yellow is those recreation activities that are going to make you happy and sunny that you you have. So creatively, we can look at some different ways not to be overbearing because, you know, no one wants to do things that you, ha- you don't want to do. But the truth is, I want to see people, you know, sort of finding things and being able to get on with your life and doing some of those things that you have to do, whether it's income tax or running out the door to, you know, get to your local charitable organization that you work with. Yeah. 
What are some of your favorite kind of creative storage ideas and creative ways for people to do things? Well, often I'm in people's homes and I'm helping them downsize or they say they want to reduce some of the clutter or they have too much and they're going to buy a bigger home or maybe get a, a locker or something like that. So often I like to take some of these treasures that are tucked away and use them for everyday use. So if we're talking about that in terms of, you know, sort of how to manage our paper or things like that, it could be a lovely little box that was, you know, used for something that they can't throw away, but that might be the place to keep your important documents like your passport and birth certificates. So it doesn't have to be filed, but it's in one of these special boxes. Or if we're setting up a a little desk area, maybe you know, we're using an old teacup to keep some of the erasers or, you know, thumbtacks or things that you might want to use there. And often today we have lots of trays and silver trays that are hardly resellable and, you know, are sort of sitting away in the cupboard. Maybe we can use that to keep the stapler and some of those things collected in one area for you for, for when you use them. So I like looking to some of those things that you already have and, and, and reusing them a little bit. And it seems like a really neat way to kind of show your personality and maybe whatever you're using your home office for that space. So if, say, you're a big crafter, it, you could use some of those fun sewing and craft yeah. things to really showcase that. And so when you maybe have guests in your craft room, you can show off a little. Like, look, look how organized yeah. I am. And so well, that brings up the whole, what do you do when you have people in your office? How do you kind of keep that separate? <laughs> well, if you are using... Um, using your office and a spare room, you want to make sure there's nothing private in there. And a lot of times if we have a home office, we're doing bill paying. Maybe we've got all our finances and tax information there. So, you know, we all mean well, but there's a big difference between checking the medicine cabinet to see what foot cream you're using (laughs) versus checking your last income tax return. (laughs) So, you know, again, I wouldn't have anything there that, that, you know, someone might peek into no matter what. It's not like we're making judgment about our house guests, but sometimes we have house guests with smaller kids that might drag something out or, or, or whatever. So just think about that if it's a spare room. Also, we want to think about how we can keep it looking tidy because the clutter itself. And, you know, often if you're going in a room and shutting the door, you might have projects that you're working on. Again, if you're volunteering, if you're, you know, retired. And again, we're talking today about home office at home, even if you don't really work in a pay sense for work. But you might have projects that you want to leave out. So the last thing you want to do is if you're working on a a big project for one of your, your charities that have that laying out when someone comes to visit you. So you want that as self-contained as possible. And one of the ideas too often, um, you know, for the spare room or your own room is to have that little desk as a side table. So you are saving room. So the truth is with that, that it might not be intentional that someone might be looking for a tissue and they're going to open your drawer just beside the bed because the, you know, that's just where it is. So, you know, great place to have it to save space. And, you know, the, the normal way of doing it is maybe we have a little end table on each end with books and a lamp. But today often with clients downsize and we can have a little desk on one side and maybe there isn't even uh, enough room on the other side to have the other end table. But these are ways that we're saving space, but also then you want to double think that of who's using the room, who has access to, to that room. And, you know, they may be looking for a tissue and they're pulling out your, you know, tax return from a few years ago. 
and uh, I, d- I don't think the, the the revenue agency would appreciate you blowing your nose on that. <laughs> no. So what are some, you know, you're talking about maybe using creatively an end table in a bedroom as part of your storage, and what are some creative ways of finding space mm-hmm. for those home space, uh, office spaces? Just well, sometimes it, it's sort of office in a box. So if you've all been to, uh, you know, one of the big box sort of um, stationary office supply stores, there's, you know, lots of containers there that you can get. Some of them might have a top on and a little handle that you can store away that you could have hanging files in. And sometimes for my clients that are going out doing other activities in separated out that you could have these little, almost like their little suitcase with things in so you could have you know again we like to group like things together so you could have one for tax you could have one for household documentation you could have one for medical for each member of the family so they could even be stored in the in that way so those are things that become mobile if you if you need to take them out a little bit so know that that's an option as well you know and just you know having a sometimes it's just a box or a bag sometimes it's uh, one of our reusable grocery bags that people store stuff in in a, in a different color I love no, that it's not switched that you say here's a maybe a special one that you use again and it's a certain color and don't use all the same ones so you can go for that that color and you know that everything's kept in there or binders are a great way that I found a lot of people that even have bill paying trouble that if you put uh, the bills afterwards in a binder and hole punch them that when you need to look back they're all there in one place you know and that you just kind of file them in that way but it's your bill paying binder and that one if you have people in the room that binder can just come out and go somewhere else so people aren't going through it so you know some different ways to look at that it's not always just about that file folder in the file cabinet and oftentimes people that don't like to do the filing are more visual people so some of those things can work a little bit better yeah, I, I know that I always, I love the idea of stackable and movable. Yeah. Because I, I live in a smaller space, so I always am concerned about that. And because I live in a smaller space, I often take, I'll take my laptop and kind of, tra- it'll travel around my house mm-hmm. with me. So sometimes I'll do my work in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. It, does that still work in a whole, if you're doing a command central idea? Yeah, it still does work because a lot of times you will move around with that. One thing to think about when we have this sort of, home office which is mobile which means it's my home office is paying my doing my bill paying sitting on the sofa or when I'm you know having my cup of tea in the morning what we're missing out on that is thinking about the ergonomics of that and you know people get crazy things like frozen shoulder because they're always facing the TV one way while this is sort of poised to the right of them a certain way and you know even just uh, for the sake of your computer sitting hot on your lap and not able to breathe you know there's different things we want to think about that if you're moving the computer around and back to that sort of security idea of having the uh, computer in a spare room as well and maybe letting our grandchildren use it Mm. or people even oh I just want to check my Facebook while I'm here Think about that from a standpoint as well, that they will be on there with your other information and that, you know, oftentimes our grandkids may be accessing things that we don't worry about. We're, you know, we're pretty limited in what we go to and we're maybe not getting the extra bugs and things like that. So we don't think about it as much. But maybe when we're sort of letting other people um, go on and use it for entertainment, that maybe they will be dragging some other things like that in. Yeah, so you have to kind of be thinking about 
what about the viruses and keeping your technology up to date, which can be a little scary if you're not a big tech person. It's um, very scary. So I say, you know, go to the young, younger people, get your relative, get your friend of whatever, and, and have them remind you of what you need technology-wise. You know, the, the you know virus updates, do you have automatic updates coming in? It's better to get someone that, you know, you're going to use regularly that knows your system and what you have, and also get them to write down what you have. It's sort of like, you know, what do I have? What is my computer? What am I using? For a lot of us, and you know me, I'm not tech. <laughs> tech isn't my first place I go. I will use technology, but we've got to have a good reason to use it, you know, so uh, to make my life easier. But we want to make sure that we have things written down to know what it is. Because I've seen clients, they, you know, they get some of these people that, yeah, they can make a call and they're looking at their computer, but it's a different person every time and they don't know exactly what they have so that causes a bit of an issue too with that sort of thing that just sounds stressful yeah Yeah. it can be stressful and then you're trying to figure it out and and likewise with passwords for a lot of times today clients are getting me to help them do bill payment online because they want to avoid the paper and things like that and anytime that you're making a change over to go to the electronic oftentimes people forget or you know you have to have ways to manage manage that as well so I suggest that you know you you're printing those off at first to do a double check not everyone has enough money in their account for these each time maybe you do maybe it could go to a credit card and then you're paying one bill at once but these are things you want to think through and don't have someone just tell you this is the right way think about what's best for you because someone might say oh yeah pay everything online but you know I know maybe that's not always the right way for everyone so you want to think about that and with that what happens is passwords too I was just gonna ask is that if you know if you're if you're not used to doing things online and you all of a sudden have all these passwords you have to remember do you have any tips for kind of making sure that you can keep track of all those yeah I, I keep a password log and it you know I, I we can do a you know do a sheet just one piece of paper and sort of write them on write them on on that and and when you do change the password you know just I, I like typing those up but just at least on that document cross it out and you know what the last password is and again you know that's great for you know other people to know your passwords this is what happened today that you know people are sort of passing away and and no one has the passwords to go in and deal with you know the things in in their homes and stuff like that so we have to have a way of letting people know and maybe that host manual or something like that so that's a really important you are that documentation to passwords and some of those other things. we'll be right back on 105.9 seaside fm this is organize anything with colette robichaux on 105.9 seaside fm just talking about how important it is to log your passwords and and keeping that in that household manual but sometimes you you get those questionable emails and that questionable internet contact and you kind of have to keep your guard up about maybe potential scams as you're working with bigger organizations. Yeah, you have to, not just bigger organizations, but we never know what's going to mm-hmm. come into our email box. And I know I recently got trapped by things over the years. We all know about sort of the credit card stuff and we're, you know, we think about that a little bit. But what can come in our own home, sometimes our guard is down a little bit more. So if you're using email, things can look very real. Know that the bank will not contact you in that way at all. 
all. And if in doubt at all, your gut tells you anything, just don't do it. Don't click through either. And that's the sort of thing to take care of. And that's why it doesn't hurt to have us have someone to, you know, sort of audit some of our things, have that one person, whether it's, you know, someone a little younger that's more <laughs> in the game or our computer professional that can check on that sort of thing. But better to be safe than sorry with that. There's a lot of scam people out there. There's things, you know, that they call them different things, sort of the grandmother scam that, you know, they'll have someone call in, you know, your grandchild is traveling and they've somehow found out that they're traveling and they will... Um, you know, say, ha- say, oh, they need money and they're co- emailing you and you might not notice. So there's just different ways that they can set you up. So again, you know, some of this, our safeguards will stay out and to have someone secure your computer as much as possible. But even though they tell you to do that, know that still stuff like that can come through. And there's always someone just pulling at random to, to get through that stuff. And the same as that password log, we want to have that tucked away a little bit too. And I guess tucking it away in that home manual is the perfect place for your command sense or maybe let let your partner know or a responsible older child just say, this is where it is. Is that yeah. a, that's kind of a good idea? Yeah, we don't want our, you know, we don't want everyone to have access to our banking information and stuff. But how difficult is that, you know, to yeah. to have a lot of those? And, and in some ways it does help to use the same password. But what, what people run into is, you know, um, that now they're saying this password isn't good enough, that you need to have, you know, numbers and letters and so passwords people always use aren't there and they you know they frantically tried to get one that worked and then they forgot to jot it down so you know usually there's another way that people can get through and contact these but you know the older we get sometimes it's a little more difficult to make all that stuff happen to be keeping that so just think about making some notes and just think about being careful so I like that idea it's like kind of just keeping it unstressful de-stressing it and I know that applies to end of day if you're working on a project you want to de-stress by maybe decluttering as well your workspace especially yeah. if you're sharing it I guess and yeah. do you have any tips for how at the end of the day if you're working on a big project you can kind of go okay I'm stepping back for the rest of the evening. Well putting things back where they belong we talked about that you know so if we're talking about you know offices at home when we don't work from home you know maybe it is that little box or you know accordion file or something that you put things back in and you really do put it away because what happens a lot is we open something up and then we're called away and we're opening something else so you know everything in its place deciding you know what goes in what place and so we talk about home offices maybe one home office is that command central in the kitchen and that's where the bills get paid because it makes sense but maybe you know our other activities you know like uh, the you know volunteer work or something we need more concentration so maybe that's helping somewhere else so it doesn't mean that storage has to always happen in one place maybe you like to pull things out and work on the dining room table or the kitchen table but you know it has to get back so think about how you are getting things back to the place where they go so if you've got a file drawer great but if it's going to go back in and get tucked away in your cupboard you know you have to think about that as well and whether it's our project or if it's income tax you know some of that stuff we have to keep for a certain period of time and when it comes to things like income tax, where you're, they suggest you keep those back records for a while, is keeping it on site always a good idea? Or could you maybe, t- if you if you say your son or your daughter has a garage with some extra room, is it okay to say, okay, well, I'm going to put these files over there for the time being? Is that is that an approach yeah, you can take? And, or? and make sure everyone checks to see how long they have to keep things. It's a variety mm-hmm. of reasons. And again, you know, where you are, tax law can be very different. But I try to think of paperwork in, in, in three ways and sort of the geography of where it should go. So things we use the most 
we want to be able to touch it and get close to it when we're needing it. So, you know, that's if we want to pull the bill payment out or the paper you receive regularly or what we do with the mail and the recycling, it has to be clear by. Then you have sort of resource stuff that could be, you know, it could be in the same room. It could be in the bookshelf over further for the part, and that's resource. And then I say it's archive. Now, archive could be in a banker's box under your desk or it could be off-site at your daughter's place because they have more, more room. But what we want to know is if we're putting it off-site, we want to label it in a fashion that you can get to it. So I'm often called in to clear up sort of these rooms of boxes of old things. And the thing is, you know, you want to know is if you have to keep your income tax for so many years, you want it labeled in such a way that, okay, this is dropping off the map. We don't need this anymore. It would be great to know that you could let those go. And also know that in these days of being able to retrieve a lot of stuff, we can get a lot in another way. That's a question to ask yourself, do I need that? I've been in homes and I've got check stubs from 40 years ago. People are retired for, you know, 30 years and they still have check stubs. And the reality is, you know, their taxes and their stuff is all done and a check stub will never be used again. Still important to shred it and take care of that documentation. But think about it. If you are ready to put it in something that is anyway called archival or just to tuck it away, ask about how you would use that. I have... You know, children coming to me saying we're cleaning out these storage units. Mom has been paying for this hundreds and do- hundreds of dollars for years. We're looking at thirty thousand dollars that was paid out for this, and we couldn't keep one thing that was in that. So who couldn't use that money, Laura? Yeah, you? I, I, I can think of about thirty thousand things I could yeah, do. Yeah, thirty thousand dollars. Talk to your parents tonight about that. Yeah. <laughs> so often storage becomes the idea. We, you know, often we can access extra space mm-hmm. from those storage units and pay it. But really, there's probably a lot of better use of spending our money than that. And to have someone have to tediously go through that again later on in life, and I. Am end up going through and it's just it, it's again often you know it's just thrown in there or, or put in yeah. there and it's really not not something that has to go so often if once it goes off site it, it can get tied up and, and again if it's at a son's or daughter's you know you're trying to be good, the good mm-hmm. son and daughter to store it but if you can you know sort of challenge to say really mom what what's in here can I help you with that could we pare it down a little bit could yeah. I just know what's in here and help you out with that a little bit so one of the things you would do then, say if someone called you and said, okay, well, you know what? Me and my mom are sitting down. We're going to try and help her organize her space. You would come in and kind of go through that paperwork with them and mm-hmm. say, here's really what you need. You don't need that. Yeah, I would suggest yeah. that. because, And often you have to say, how would I ever use that again? And people can't come up with a good answer. Sometimes, you know, they just want to keep it anyway. And I would challenge them on that. In the end, it's everyone's yeah. decision. Yeah. I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. And, of course, I don't want to tell anyone to shred or get rid of something that they would need but truthfully most of the time we're not going back to those things again and they even say 80% of the stuff that goes in file cabinets aren't even touched again so you know there's a lot of things that we're just not going to look at again and you know for some people scanning is good and getting it in but for a lot of people that's an extra step and Mm -hmm. it's still tedious to do and if you're not computer savvy it just doesn't work as easy either yeah so I, that 80% of things going in a filing cabinet, that's a big number. It is a big number. So, you know, and we, we came from a, a, a time when we would keep things and refer back to them because we may not see them again. Mm-hmm. So I was a real collector of, you know, sort of travel things. Oh, if I ever go here. And I would keep it in a hard copy from magazines and things. But at that point, I couldn't 
you know, turn around on my desk and type in the word of the country and stuff like that and have it at our fingertips. And granted, you know, many of us listening to this today may not be using our computer for that purpose as much, but truly, whatever that information is, most of the time you can find it again or have someone find it for you. So if you look at paper as having costs to it, the same way as if you're renting an apartment or a condo, you pay by the square footage, Mm -hmm. that every square footage of that has a cost to it, even if you're not you know, throwing it out in storage to pay for it, that if you say, oh, I'm going to downsize to a three-bedroom condo, well, if you were thinking about your stuff a little more, your paper and some of those other things you cling to, you could be saving a whole extra space and vacationing more or having more treats in another way as well. So, you know, so think about that a little bit, what sort of space you really need. Yeah, I know that my my Nana, Mm -hmm. uh, when she was creating her home office, she had a lot of uh, pictures photography that she had taken over the years of her family and all of the uh, the grandkids Mm. so she got us young kids to do shifts and scan in her pictures so she Mm -hmm. had them all in digital and that cleared up enough space for her to create her own little editing desk Mm-hmm. For her, for her photography, and so I, I think I hear what you're saying about decluttering. I think yeah. about that, and yeah, and that's a really good thing to do because often, especially when people are downsizing from homes with lots of bedrooms and lots of extra yeah. wall space to condos or even assisted living, they have all those you know family pictures and things. And one step, even if they don't go digital, you can take them out and put them in a binder almost because it's the frames that you can't handle. But I love those electronic frames that they're just sort of you know scanning through and get someone to do that for you as a gift and that works out really well well also so you know that's one way but i see a lot of people that the the pictures are a lot of those projects when we talk about home projects Mm -hmm. and having the home office i've had people that are going through old slides that people are going through pictures and often you know this becomes this overwhelming project that they're saying they've been working on for for years and years so really think about how you want to spend your time and maybe it's scheduling that that i'm going to go to my home office area for an hour a day and one that's done it's done but what a lot of people do is like I'm going to spend as much time and just do it but think about how you use that space and maybe it's like yes when I go in there and I shut the door I work on it for a bit and then I'm out of there and I can shut the door because some of those projects are are really beyond just having your home office little desk that you have to spread some things out so you don't exactly want to pull that all out in the spare room because I've had that with clients before oh I've got company coming in two days and I had this project working can you come in and let me half get this away and half not in a way that I can get to it and not really wipe out all the work that I've done. So that idea of balancing your lifestyle yeah. with what you're with what you're doing. That that's a, those are great tips and I think that um you know I, I know I've learned a lot listening to them. So if you know if you had one idea to kind of really focus on with the home offices people are thinking about you know what I need to create this space mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it mm-hmm. what's what's the one kind of idea they should focus on in um, the beginning I, I like the idea of you know sort of a family calendar or if there's a whole bunch of people having that calendar where it might not have all the details but people are in general seeing where people are sometimes you can sort of color code the different events so people are cohesive enough and maybe you're planning then the Sunday meal together so it's that sort of that one place and also the mail how to focus on gathering the mail having your recycling together and getting it to the place to pay the bills because we all know if we don't pay the bills there are repercussions <laughs> that happen there so whether you've gone to electronic or you're having that paper system to all get them together know what that system is and have 
any of these systems you come up with to work around our home office or our command central, let everyone know how that how that works. Fantastic. So, Colette, how would we connect with you to maybe learn some more uh, information about this idea? Well, we've I've got great tips on my website. We do a monthly newsletter that you can sign up for there at organizeanything.com. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Organize Now. I've got great Pinterest boards that you can look at and see ideas for home offices and different things. And, uh, and yeah, you can just follow along. You can search Colette Robichaud online. Or you can search Organize Anything, and I'd just be delighted to hear from anybody or have them listening to our, uh, listening to some of our tips in those other ways also. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Colette. Thanks, Laura.